Welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Silverette. Silverette Silver Nursing Cups are your one-stop solution to soothe and protect your nursing nipples. No one says nipples as much as me. Like nipples is kind of a funny word if you're not in like we're breastfeeding, but like, man, I say nipples a lot. I know. Actually was looking at this like little magnet of boobs that I have and he was like, oh, it's a butt. And I was like, how is that a butt? It's got nipples. Right. He's like, well, like, I was like, you don't have nipples on your butt, do you? He's like, well, I have a mole. (laughs) That's not the same. Anyway, today's episode is also brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Stop battling with storage milk bags. Filled with either too little or too much milk. Um, The Milky's Milk Trays freeze your milk into one ounce sticks. And today's sponsors, uh, we will hear more from them later, but you can head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page. If you need anything, see if you can give them any of your business because they make this podcast possible. And while you're there, scroll down and enter your email address and we will send episodes straight to your inbox every week. And don't leave badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com without checking out our shop page and all the awesome merch that Diane and I designed ourselves. And we are hosting our ongoing giveaway for people who leave reviews on iTunes or any other podcast app where you are able to post reviews. Every single person who leaves a review will receive a goodie bag. Uh, send us a screenshot of your review and include your mailing address. Thank you very much. And we will send you badass breastfeeding stickers and a pack of thank you for nursing in public empowerment cards. You can send those to badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com and we will send you the goodie bag. So and your goodie uh, bag will be in an envelope. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, yeah. I don't have any fun. It's not a bag. bag. We don't have no. a bag, but an envelope <laughs> of stuff. We do yeah. So screenshot, envelope. screenshot and address to badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com and you will get that. And if you are not able to leave a review wherever you are, head to the Badass Breastfeeder Instagram page and enter a giveaway that is posted there because I'm going to be posting a lot of those over there too. So um, now, Diane, here's our review of the week. And it is from iTunes. And it says, I should probably look at the other ones and see if I can pull reviews off there because I know we were talking about that. So I will figure that out. But this one is from iTunes. It says, lots of info I wish I had before. Thank you for answering so many of my questions and giving me more confidence in my breastfeeding journey. You girls are great. I found your podcast when my son was five months old. I've used books, La Leche League, and a friend who's an LC, as well as Reddit, which probably isn't the best source. We really need to figure out what Reddit is, I'm telling you. For resources prior to finding your podcast, I'm actually amazed how I continue to have questions and concerns, even though my baby is now 10 and a half months old. I never imagined it would be this challenging. I thought, oh, it's so natural. It'll be easy. Ha ha ha. Not so much. I've gone back and listened to a lot of your old episodes in addition to the newer ones, and I always learn something from your conversations. Thanks for being a great resource, and especially for the episodes about debunking breastfeeding myths, the one about vitamin D and iron, and about breast milk storage, because honestly, a lot of the advice from doctors and family members is just based on their own personal experiences and not research-based, and a lot of it is incorrect. 
I feel confident in your research because I feel confident in your info because you back it up with research. So thank you so much for this. Um, and honestly, well, first of all, I love that you say that at 10 and a half months, you still have questions because things just evolve and change, right? And there's always questions. And I think people feel like they get into this, you know, routine where things are like kind of going smooth with breastfeeding. And then all of a sudden you hit this other, this new bump and you're like, now what? Like, now what do I do? Um, I mean, I definitely get questions from people that are, the babies are like not young, you know, they're like older. Um, questions come through all the time. It's like, now you're starting solids, the babies are teething, there's a nursing strike, there's, you know, whatever. And so much stuff still goes on. So you're always going to have questions. Yeah, um, you're going to have but, questions for the rest yeah. of your parenting life. Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. The rest of the time. Um, and this was kind of funny to me because I just had a situation where um, a client of mine said, oh, when I was in the hospital, they told me that milk storage guidelines changed and I can only leave the milk out for four hours. Oh, uh -huh. And I was like, I never heard that, but I don't think that's new research. I'm like, okay. And then like randomly, um, I'm part of this like listserv for lactation consultants, like from all over the world that, you know, people ask questions that come up or whatever. And, you know, with parents that they're working with and somebody posted like, okay, I'm hearing that people are saying that there's new milk storage guidelines at four hours like why why is this something that i'm hearing now and everybody was piping up with that is old research i don't know why anybody's calling that new research and it's not even four hours so i don't know why people are saying that so if you hear something that you really are like hmm i don't know i don't know if i really believe that i don't know if i trust that information don't hesitate to ask somebody else even if you feel like it's coming from a reliable source so um that's pretty much my my lesson for today yeah I mean, people can pull up all kind of kinds of research. It doesn't mean that it's new and hasn't been like debunked. Right. Absolutely. Or it could be something that they just heard from somebody else and they're like, oh, yeah, this is something I heard now must be new. Yeah. No, right. it's from like 1970. So right. don't. Um <laughs> you haven't heard it before because we stomped it away and we were hoping it would die, but it didn't. I know. The internet doesn't my, let anything die. No. One of my biggest issues is information. And I know I've said this before, especially when we're doing like the myths and stuff, information that is just like ridiculous, like just comes out of nowhere that you're hearing from a medical professional. Like, and when I was first becoming like, like working in this field and, and first like, you know, trying to get my feet wet in this, I was one of my mentors said to me one time, she goes, you do not call your doctor's office to get information that you can hear from your grandmother. Like that is not, you're calling your doctor's office for evidence-based information that you can work with. Not something that like, you don't want to call your doctor's office and have them say, oh, go get some cabbage leaves. Like that's right. not what you want to hear from your doctor. <laughs> yeah, you're like, right. You know, come on. So I always thought, remembered that and thought about it. And it was like, I don't, I'm not, you know, that's one of the reasons why I really like to follow the most evidence-based stuff because I don't want to hear stuff that's not evidence-based either. I know. I don't. Right. And we so much hear that. We hear opinions and just, you know, whatever someone, <laughs> your doctor who is 60 years old, his grandmother told him, you know, 
and it's like, well, wait a minute. Okay, so that was probably like the late 1800s that that person was born, right? So, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, this is what we're getting. Yeah. Yeah. And when people tell me stuff that is not, like, I was at, this is, I swear we're not going to make this podcast about me, but when I was at my dentist, I don't know, it was like a year or two ago, um, they told me, my hygienist, who I've known forever, told me to put a little, and the dentist, I'm not even kidding, the dentist said this too, put a little bit of bleach in the water <gasps> of my water pick. Just a little bit. Just a, just a touch. In the water of my water pick and use that and that will like do, I can't even remember what they were telling me to do that for. And I was like, okay, never going to happen. Never going to happen, people. That is disturbing. I know. I know. Remember it. when Donald Trump told people to drink bleach <laughs> to like get rid of COVID? Yeah. Yeah. And a couple people did. Like, yeah. <sighs> yep. Oh my God. Like, that is so disturbing. I'm not doing that. I know. I know. That's it, really but, fucking disturbing. And I also had a, we were actually talking about this this morning because my, now you're, everybody's going to know all my weird idiosyncrasies but like one of my like my ears itch all the time i don't know if oh my like God, anybody I else do, has too. do they like they just itch all the so, time i have a prescription eardrops because of it oh my god i should probably get something but well instead so the last time i went to the doctor i just like you know whatever i come out of the shower they're wet they itch i itch them whatever i scratch them but they're really like you can feel how dry they are inside and the last time i was at a doc well it was probably about a year and a half ago i was at uh just a regular doctor appointment and the PA that I was seeing looked in there and he's like, Oh, you must use Q-tips. They look real dry. I go, well, they itch. And he goes, put a little bit of olive oil in them. What? Yeah. No. And I was complaining about this to my husband today because my ears are bothering me. And I told him that they said that and he just started laughing. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm not putting fucking that olive oil. That is not in my medical ears. advice. Like, no, it's not. And that's, that's like that's my point right now. Like yes. medic like why are we hearing things from medical professionals that are not that is not medical advice? Like I don't want to hear put olive oil in your ear. I want to hear like something that's actually going to work. Yeah, I want to hear maybe like it would okay, work, this is but the that's diagnosis not, and yeah, that's not you know, like I'm not doing it. And I'm not putting bleach in my water pick. So yeah. Yeah, you I'm also, like, that's a good point to like, to, to, to pivot. Is that our headway? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, no, I mean, not, maybe not. We'll just, we'll just, we can just craft it. But like, you do not have to do what these people are telling you to do. Right. If somebody is telling you to do something that doesn't feel right, that feels kind of weird, just because they're a doctor or a medical professional does not mean that you need to do it. They are not the boss of you. This whole authority over you, this whole hierarchical thing we have in our culture is totally made up. And you do not need to do what they're telling you to do. You do not need to put olive oil in your ear. You do not need to put whatever the fuck on your baby. You don't need to do those <laughs> things. Don't do not do it. If it doesn't feel right, it just seems weird. Like, get a second opinion. Because mm-hmm. you don't need to do what these people are telling you to do. No. No, not So, at I all. don't know. Can we, no. can we craft that into a... <laughs> we absolutely can. Segway. Yes. <laughs> yes, we absolutely can. So, at, we are going to talk about being healthy... Right. And dieting. And it's probably not going to be the conversation that you think it's going to be. So no, it's not because I got a message here. I'll read it. Yeah. And somebody's this is coming me- from a message that Abby got. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is a good conversation to have. So this is what this person says. Hi, I'm a huge fan of the podcast and your science approach 
to all things breastfeeding. I'm research. I'm reaching out because I went back to listen to the episode regarding weight loss and breastfeeding. Can I ask for a new episode over the topic? Though I agree with many of the points made, I was hoping to find a science-backed back of maintaining supply. I was hoping to find a science-backed back of maintaining supply while caring for myself. It's a little typo that I'm not figuring out. I'm trying to figure out it. how to maintain no. my supply while caring for myself and not a crash keto diet. I'm struggling to find actual content about the subject. It all seems 50-50. On one hand, don't lose weight. That's society's pressure on you. Or do this crash diet to lose all the baby weight in one week. As someone who just wants to care for my body and baby in a healthy way, I was really looking forward to the podcast and it left me even more frustrated. Thank you. And I absolutely love to listen. I do what I do well breastfeeding and it empowers me in my journey. Thank you. Okay. I, I haven't listened to that old, to that old episode in a while. Um, I haven't either, but I'm, I'm assuming, um, and this is just kind of like my thought process on it, that she's looking for like, Oh, if you do this, it will get rid of the, you know, it will help you lose the weight and you don't have to worry about. It. But I think our, our our message is always like we hate that society puts you in that place where you feel like you need to lose that weight or we hate that society puts you in that place where we feel like oh you should be doing this for yourself you should be doing that for yourself what you know go back and listen to the um the self-help ones because that's kind of where yes. we got on that um but if if people are really looking for like very specific guidance when it comes to this. Like we can give a little bit of guidance when it comes to that, but honestly, a lot of this is being driven by society. You know, like and it's true. I mean, you know, I, I mean, and, and it is like I, you know, we all go through this, right? You have a baby, you are, we, you're, you know, you're heavier than you were before, and you feel uncomfortable and you feel self, you know, uh, self-conscious about it because, you know, society doesn't like overweight people. Um, but your body's also different and you feel weird in your body and you want to lose that weight. But here's the thing. Losing that weight too soon is, is not, you're, it's not going to work. Like you can't, we are going to tell you that your body is healing. And that your body is not in any kind of form to go on a diet or to, you know, manipulate yourself into losing weight for a while. You know, let your body heal before you start doing this kind of thing. And here's the other thing is that you have so many hormones at play right now. I was just going to say that. Yeah, you can, you know, you can go on a diet postpartum, you know, soon in that first year or whatever, and it might not do anything. It might fuck up your hormones even more and just make you kind of, you know, have all the other kind of effects of mood stuff with, with hormones. You know, if you start messing too much with your diet, that can affect your hormones. The hormones can affect your mood and we can be exacerbating or creating like postpartum anxiety or postpartum depression or something with this kind of thing. And so, I mean, I, I, I don't know how, per, how much, how far postpartum this person is. Maybe it's, you know, two or three years and they just want like, you know, to lose baby weight, which is totally understandable. Um, 
But like, just as FYI for this, you know, in that first year, like, there are so many other factors going on right now that we don't really want you to be messing too much with it. Right. That's my point. So. I have more if you want me to keep going. (laughs) The thing, the thing with diets that I think people are really get, you know, get very um, focused on is can I go on this diet? Cause this is what I hear anyway from people. I want to go on a diet. I want to lose the weight. Can I go on this diet? And not lose my milk supply. Can I go on this diet and not my milk is still going to be healthy? That is not what we're concerned about here. Because we know that if you go on a diet, this is it likely isn't going to impact your milk supply. Like people have been like, have texted me and been like, well, how low can I, what is the lowest amount of calories I can take in before my milk supply is going to be, is going to be impacted? It's like, it's not. That's not how milk is made. It's right, not going to but you're going to gonna feel like garbage. Like you're if you are like seriously, garbage. yeah. Like that is more of the concern. This is not about milk supply. And I know like even in this message that the that this person sent you, she was like, "Well, how do I take care of myself and still be able to breastfeed my baby?" And it's like, "Well, that's that's not the milk supply is not the issue here. We're focused on you taking care of yourself." The milk supply is not the issue. But if you aren't taking care of your, if you're like really like limiting what you are taking in um, as far as calories and stuff, then that might not go well. And the keto, and let's talk, maybe we should do our break and then we'll talk about the keto diet because that comes up a lot. And I'll be honest, I don't know much about it, but I have some, you know, some information. Talk about all diets and yeah, I can definitely um, talk about a little bit. But, um, well, yeah, let's take a break and then we'll talk about more about this stuff. Okay. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Are you tired of defrosting breast milk from your storage bags only to find that it's too much or too little milk? What if you could defrost the exact amount of milk you need every time? The Milky's milk trays look like regular ice cube trays, but have 16 semi-cylinder cavities that each hold one ounce of milk. When it's time to feed your baby or prepare bottles for the day, just pop however many breast milk sticks you need into any type of brand of bottle. Nothing wasted. No extra breast milk left over tempting your caregiver to overfeed your baby and blow through your precious stash. Once the sticks are frozen, just transfer them to a freezer bag, freeing up the milk trays for your next batch of breast milk. And they come with lids so that they are you can stack them, which will free up space in your freezer. They are reusable environmentally friendly, made with food-safe plastic, and can be used for baby food later on. No BPA, phthalates, or dyes. Check out the Milky's Milk Trays at fairhavenhealth.com. That's F-A-I-R-H-A-V-E-N health.com and use code BADASS for 15% off of your purchase. And today's episode is also brought to you by Silverette. Have you struggled with sore or cracked nipples while nursing your baby? Silverette Silver Nursing Cups are your one-stop solution to soothe and protect your nursing nipples. Since silver is a naturally antimicrobial and antifungal metal, it can help ward off bacteria and infections before they appear. Silver, a naturally antimicrobial, antifungal, and antibacterial metal, contains potent anti-inflammatory properties that can be used to heal and protect Heal and prevent cuts, cracks, soreness, wounds, and infections. Silverette are the original and authentic silver nursing cups, both clinically tested and registered with the FDA. 
because your nipples deserve the best. Join us on Mission Happy Nipples. Nipples, nipples, nipples. Always talking about nipples. <laughs> Use code BADASS for 15% off your order at Silverette USA. That's S I L V E R E T T E USA. Code BADASS for 15% off. And our all of these sponsors and their promo codes can be found in our show notes under this episode at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com or wherever you are listening from. And at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you'll find all of our other episodes and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. So what, I know you have lots of stuff that you want to talk about. I do. Well, we talk about keto because keto is like hot right now. Keto is very hot. So I um I will admit um I am not really good with diet stuff um at all. And that just comes from a lot of years of having my own diet issues. But I'm also a vegetarian, so things like keto don't work for me because if you take carbohydrates out of my diet, I eat nothing. So it really is like um nothing that I, you know, pay a lot of attention to. And I also I'm so like against diet culture overall because I just think it's right. um, evil. So, but I know that this is something that a lot of people really, I, I get it. Like I get that frustration of I put on all this weight. I want to, you know, with a baby, I want to lose it, but I'm breastfeeding and I'm on birth control again and I'm doing this and that. And it's just like, like everything, like hormones are always all over the place. Um, some people lose weight when they're, when they're breastfeeding. Um, I was one of those people, but I am absolutely very well aware that that's not everybody. I know there's a lot of people that do not lose weight when they're when they're breastfeeding and the weight doesn't come off until they stop breastfeeding. So um, for some people, that's also an additional frustration. Um, we also know that sometimes thyroid problems happen after you have a baby, and which yeah. can also impact your weight. So there's a lot of things that can go on and just saying like, I, I want to go on this diet and that's going to help me. That might not be the, the way to go. But keto... Keto is, a, and I am reading this. I can like link this because sometimes, um, sometimes I'm not big on the blog info, but this is from somebody called the lactation nutritionist. So she is um, not a lactation consultant, but she does have, she's a CLC. And I actually um, am friends with somebody who's a CLC nutritionist as well. And I do go to her for a lot of this info. So Keto, I will talk about what keto is in case anybody else is as confused about it as me. Keto diet is a high fat, low carb diet, which shifts your body's metabolism into producing ketones as fuel, as opposed to glucose on a standard diet. Essentially, your carbohydrate intake on this is so low, about 20 grams a day, that your body starts essentially turning fat into ketones in order to continue fueling its organs with energy, especially the brain which can only use glucose or ketones as fuel. So which is that called ketosis, is what, I believe, right? Yes, exactly. Your body is in ketosis. Yeah. So which can be dangerous under certain situations, I I guess. Um like I said I don't know a lot about this. Ketosis is not the same as ketoacidosis. So there's, you know, a couple of different things, a couple of things that, you know, kind of keto ketosis is your ketone levels are between 0.5 to 3.0 MMOL. I have no idea what that stands for. Per liter, your blood's pH level is not affected by it. Ketoacidosis 
is different, lowers your blood's pH level, your levels are above 3.0, your blood is becoming acidic, which is life-threatening and must be treated immediately because even small shifts in the blood's pH level can lead to vomiting, coma, and or death. So there's definitely huge differences there, right? Um, most of us have enzymes in place which break down ketones, and this is often enough to keep us out of ketoacidosis. But a lot of this research that was done with these ketone diets are not based on people that are pregnant or lactating. So that is kind of like, we know that when you're pregnant or lactating, your body behaves differently, right? We just, just does. So pregnancy and lactation puts you at risk for ketoacidosis. Um, so the chances, like you're, when you're breastfeeding or when you're pregnant, chances of things are, are different, like reactions to things are different. And according to this, keto while breastfeeding puts you at a higher risk for ketoacidosis. So that is likely why they say, eh, maybe not so, you know, the best thing for you to try to do. Um, there have been some case studies that you know, are I'll like I said, I'm going to link this. If anybody's really interested, you can look at some of these case studies that were done on breastfeeding parents. Um, again, case studies aren't necessarily, you know, what to live your life by, but just kind of things that they have noticed. Um, there is like, there are people that do it, right? There are people that do it and don't have any problems at all. I would say definitely um, keto diet can also put you at risk for nutrient deficiencies. The keto diet, if done right, can be very nutrient dense. Um, Grass-fed beef, pasteurized, pastured eggs, salmon, nuts, kale, broccoli. Um, you get tons of important nutrients on this kind of a diet. But fruits, grains, starchy vegetables, and beans also have a specific set of nutrients which are not quite as abundant in meats, eggs, and non-starchy vegetables. Couple that with the fact that most of your nutrient requirements are increased during pregnancy and lactation, you may end up with a nutrition deficiency or decreased levels of these nutrients. Um, so it really, it has to be done the right way. You know, you can't just like willy nilly start on this ketone diet or keto diet, whatever they're called, and be like, okay, I'm just going to cut these carbs out and increase my um, beef and salmon, and I'm going to lose all this weight. Like there are specific nutrients that your body needs um, to keep you healthy. And if you're not getting that, and then the other thing too, is like, who can, like, I don't know who's paying attention to what they're taking in so closely when you have a newborn. Like, I think that's a really, you're putting added pressure on yourself. I feel yeah, like too. I, yeah. I would say that this needs to be avoided completely. If you have a newborn, don't do this. I don't be doing be really anything. Hard. Just maintain what you've been doing. Eat like you have been. You know, the, the the you don't don't start anything like this that soon. I mean, I will be the first one to say that diets are bullshit. I don't care what it is, keto, Atkins, you know, um, whatever kind of extreme, you know, shake diet, you know, go on this fasting. And people do it all the time, and I get it. But we also know from science that people generally do not do well on these diets. These are diets that are made for, you know, quicker results, you know, let's lose weight 
And then people generally don't maintain that style of eating Mm -hmm. and they gain it back, usually more. And so we know this. We just know this about diets. This is science. We've studied. They call it yo-yo dieting. Yo-yo dieting. This is what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, this is just something that's like, I feel like in the long term is just going to cause, you know, frustration. And if you, if you are, I, I, and you know, like concerned about like, if you're, here's my other thing. People say taking care of themselves and being healthy, but I feel like that what they mean is lose weight. So like, if you're like, what, like, what do you mean? Do you want to lose weight or are you truly just trying to be healthy and it doesn't matter, you know, whatever your natural weight is, you're not really worried about that. You just want to be as healthy as you can be. So I think you need to ask yourself that question too. Like, what do I, what am I, what's my goal? Am I just trying to be healthy or am I actually really trying to lose weight? Um, and I've done it too. I mean, I, after I had Exley, it was like six months after I had Exley and I was the exact same weight that I was the morning I gave birth to him. And I was like, this is bullshit. I don't want to, I don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) And I, this is what I did. I got with that Bob drug, this is not a not sponsored by Bob or anything, but the Bob jogging stroller, which was like super expensive. It was like $600. Um, But I'd always been running and I hadn't really run as a parent. And I was like, I'm going to get back into running and I'm probably going to, I can probably stop eating for like three people now. Like I can, (sighs) I can probably like, I feel like you also get so used to like when you're pregnant, you're just kind of like, at least me, I was just eating whatever, you know, like came to me or whatever I craved, I was eating, eating. And then you have your baby and you're not necessarily like needing all of that now and, or it kind of stays on more now and like transitioning to just eating like, you know, when you're hungry or like at, you know, decreasing portion sizes or whatever. Um, but that did help when I, when I just started paying attention more to like portion sizes and running that helped. Now that's not going to help everyone because everyone just responds differently, um, to these things. And I, and I, and I know that if this person who mess <laughs> who wrote this message is listening, she's probably pissed off right now. Like, I can't believe that you bitches are making another episode where you're not giving me an answer. Um, but I guess the whole episode is to say is like, we don't have a concrete answer, on this, I would say the crash diets, which you read about any kind of crash diet, any kind of thing like that, I would be very wary of it because it's not a long-term plan. You're just not going to be able to stick to that. And, um, we also, you know, there's a lot of times there's shakes and there's supplements involved in that, which have all these ingredients that, you know, mostly things are safe, but like if you have like random kind of like herbal things in there, which is just like things at really high doses, we don't, you know, we don't know a lot about like what can go right. on with that, how it affects your baby. Um, yeah. And I have more to say, but if you want to interject. Yeah. Cause one of the things here that she has in here that I'm really, um, I absolutely love, I'm going to read because this is something I definitely wanted to touch on too, was your mental health is important too. That's part of being healthy. Most important. Yes. Um, something I probably don't talk about often enough is mental health. I do feel it's important to mention here because it's an important part of the equation. Breastfeeding is tough. Motherhood is tough. Eating healthy is tough. Losing weight is tough. And this stage of life is tough in general. The last thing you need right now is a stressful diet. The keto diet can be very stressful. It can be frustrating. It can be isolating. You may not enjoy it as much as others who are making a profit from it seem to be. 
You may be craving some ice cream, some potato chips, or a hearty noodle dish. Eat it. You deserve it. If it benefits your mental health, I'd consider it healthy too. And I love that because a lot of it is we want your mental. And some people can argue and be like, well, I feel like my, you know, my mental health isn't good because I'm carrying this extra weight or because I don't feel good about myself. And yeah, like that's, that's legit, but we don't really have great answers. Like we can, I'm not, I can't sit here and say to you, oh yeah, do this keto diet. You'll lose weight and you can still breastfeed and it's totally fine. Um, It might be better the older your baby is. Um, because then we're not as, you know, your, your body's a little bit more recovered. You're not dealing with, you know, so many hormonal changes if your baby's like a year, but it, people might not want to wait a year, you know, but trying to do this healthy is really the best way. Seeing a dietitian is, could be your key. Really? That could be the key to making all of this better for you. And yeah, I know that that again. sounds really hokey, but like I said, I know, I know one personally, which is why um, I think that this is a really helpful thing. And a lot of them, like the one I know, she takes insurance. So if that's a, if that's an issue for you, like as far as like paying out of pocket for some of these things that don't always get covered, see if you can find one that takes, that takes insurance because this might be a really important piece. She could probably, she or he could probably really be helpful in educating you more about what things are really important for you to have in your diet because your body is recovering from childbirth and is feeding a baby. So it's not about like, what's going to happen to my milk? That's not what, I know that's what everybody worries about, but honestly, this is about you. You really don't have to worry about that because nothing's going to affect your supply. We know that- you all know what I'm going to say if you've been listening, that women in concentration camps had full milk supplies while they were breastfeeding their babies. And those people were not served. And we can imagine or probably can't imagine what the food situation was like there. These are extremely malnourished people who were breastfeeding their babies. Yeah, This women is not in- the issue. This is not the issue. This is the same as the alcohol conversation. This the alcohol content in your breast milk is not the concern. The, your milk is not the concern here. There are all kinds of other concerns, like your mental health and your and your physic and your body physically and your hormones and how this stuff is going to affect um you. Yeah. In that way. But there's there's just not a lot of research on how these very specialty diets can impact a breastfeeding relationship. Like it's just, and it's not your milk supply. It's other things. It is other things that ha- that are more important than not more important because we you know milk supply is important, obviously. But there is more to a breastfeeding relationship than just milk supply. And um, and I always tell people too, like how Abby said about the concentration camps. And I usually tell people, you know what? There's pe- there's women in third world countries that eat what they grow. They don't have supplements. They don't have access to clean water all the time. Like they don't have vitamins and they breastfeed these kids for years. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with that. This is more about you. And I know that, you know, we, we do relate weight loss and how much we weigh to what our health is. Um, But I mean, and if you're if you're worried about that, if you truly are worried about like, oh, my God, what, you know, how is my health? Go get it. Your, go get your physical. Go get a physical. Get a blood draw. See what your cholesterol is. See what any of that is. And if it's high, you can talk to your doctor about like, you know, lowering your 
you know, the fat intake or, you know, eating more whole foods and less processed foods. You know, these things are the, the, the thing that people have, you know, people say healthy, but we live in a culture now where that word has been completely violated. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a completely different opinion about what healthy means for themselves. For me, healthy means like I got my blood drawn and my cholesterol is under 200. My, you know, my liver enzymes are within range. You know, all of the things, there's no exclamation points. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you go on that, now everything's online, you go in there and you can see like your results and every sometimes there's like an exclamation point and you're like, ah! I know. Um, but like, you know, talk to your doctor about what's going on now. And if, and if you are healthy and you still want to lose weight, like, and you're here and you are here to try to find out if that's going to affect your milk supply, it's not. It's not. And you're free to do as as you want. You can, you know, when I, I uh, for various reasons, went, uh, started eating vegan. And I lost a lot of weight. I mean, to gain it back in the pandemic. But, you know, that's the thing is like, you know, we're going to constantly, our weight is going to shift throughout our lives based on all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And it's better to kind of just choose something that you think is, you know, foods that make you happy. Uh, whole foods, less processed foods. These are things that we know are better for our bodies. And moving, you know, mm-hmm. take walks, move your body, and talk I mean, to your doctor I, I and can, a dietitian. I love that idea of the dietitian. Yeah, I really should see her myself, but I will not keep a food diary. I just won't do it. So, um, <laughs> I have my own. I need my own, like my own kind of uh i don't know telethon when it comes to my weight but my own support group yeah right but honestly like i was um when i like after i had my kids and i was you know i was a runner too and running all the time and stuff and was very thin um after i had my kids and that was apps i can honest to god tell you that was not a good time in my life like it was not, I was going through a divorce, a separation, a divorce. I had no money, you know, like it was just, I was trying to be a single mother to these kids. Like it was not, I was to look at me, people would have thought, oh my God, she looks great. Like I was thin. I had these three kids. People were like, oh my God, you have kids. Like you don't even look like you could have had kids. Blah, blah, blah. I was not in a good place. Yeah, in Because my life. people associate being thin with healthy and that right. has nothing to do with anything else that's going on. Like, no. uh, you're talking about stress. Stress affects people differently. Mm-hmm. Some people gain weight. Some people lose weight. There, there's there's no like easy answer to um to to the whole losing weight thing. But I do know that it is truly society that is telling you that you need to be smaller. That you need to take up less space. That the number inside of your genes needs to go down in order for you to feel fully valued and validated and and worthful as a human. And that is I don't care what anyone else says, that is a bunch of fucking bullshit. Mhm. It's a lie. It's a lie that you need to take up less space on this planet. Yeah. yeah. You know, and having said that, you know, I'm like I I could lose a few pounds. Oh, I could definitely lose. But I'm pounds. also healthy. So and I know it because I got my blood drawn and everything's fine. So now I'm just left with this with the vanity of it. And that's really what it comes down to is the vanity of it. Yeah. 
And, and all, that's a really hard thing to shake. There's not a single person yeah. in this country that doesn't experience that. Yeah. So again, we have here's another episode with no answers. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's not I gonna feel affect bad. your milk supply, but you know, yeah. There are other things that's, to consider. Yeah, that's kind of what kind of what it comes down to. And if you choose to go the route of going on some kind of specialty diet or somehow ad- adjusting your intake. You don't have to worry about it necessarily t- affecting your milk supply, like we've said a zillion times, but I would absolutely talk to somebody who knows better about how it might impact other things in your life. So that's really what it comes down to. You know, if you're going to do it, do it the right way, because then you're going to be more successful anyway. But like kind of jumping on the bandwagon of, of diets is, um, that is hard because it doesn't, it's, you can't sustain that for very long. You just can't. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.